minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Don't lie. 
J.M. in the A.M. Good morning and welcome to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 FM, and around the world in the web, J.M. in the A.M. 
Thursday.org. Thursday morning. <laughs> I'll tell you, it is so cold out there. It is so cold. I know there are people listening from warmer weather areas. I know that. And uh, you're lucky you are, in fact. Especially if you're like me and you simply can't take the uh, the cold weather. Oh, boy, it is freezing. Uh, eight degrees, the wind chill at minus four. I think that says it all. Eight degrees, the wind chill minus four. Scattered flurries later, a high 22. Tonight, the low of five, mostly sunny Friday, a high of 18 degrees. We're at 16 Yerushalayim, 72 in a lot. I brought up a lot yesterday. Some people took yesterday as an official announcement that if I move to Israel, it will be to a lot. <laughs> I don't know if I'm the... <laughs> Someone said to me yesterday, you'll be to a lot for a week and you'll be sick of it. I don't know. It could be, but I really like that warm weather, especially the dry warm weather. Uh, and I want to thank Rabbi Fass and everybody from Nefesh Benefesh who made yesterday a really... Re- yesterday was one of those JM and the AM shows. You're never going to hear a show like that anywhere else. And I mean anywhere that has um, such distinguished members of the Aliyah community from North America and Israel, uh, that has the head of Nefesh Benefesh, Rabbi Fass. And the really, um, I-, I was completely inspired by the 8 o'clock hour yesterday. If you missed it, you got to check it out. Uh, JM in the AM with Adon Alam done by Leiv Nefesh. Benny Friedman, brand new from his B'nai Hechala Shabbos with Benny Friedman CD. It's called Good Shabbos. Yaakov Shweki, Osim Chuvat, Sally Gold with Ivdu, the Hora Medley from Moshe Laufer's Chabad with Moshe Laufer, Volume 2. Yoel Sharabi, that was Misha Ma'amin from the 25th Hass concert, and Regesh Moda'ani opening things up. And we say good morning. Today we're going to meet, uh, well, you know, it's funny, I wanted to suspend all Super Bowl talk till next week. Then Rabbi Cole was here from New York NCSY about their big Super Bowl contest. Today we're going to hear from people who are associated with the West Side Institutional Synagogue's Super Bowl contest. So I, I, I wanted to start Super Bowl next week, but hey, everyone's forcing me to talk to talk sports earlier than I wanted to. Okay, so we'll do it. Uh, also, our students from the um, uh, Center for the Jewish Future, Yeshiva University, their missions uh, continue to be remarkable. We'll check in with them. They'll be uh, visiting our studio this morning and plenty more on a Thursday here at JM in the AM. Uh, we've got uh, fresh editions of uh, Charlie Harari and the Book of Life, Miriam Wallach's That's Life coming up between the 9 and 11 on our stream. I'll be doing a live lunch until 1 o'clock. There's a lot going on. There's a lot happening. And uh, we'll have it all for you on a um, JM in the AM and jmandam.org Thursday. Oh, by the way, speaking of jmandam.org, uh, Mark Zamek has a very interesting stunt show today at 1 o'clock, which I will describe to you later on. And at 2 o'clock, we have a very interesting throwback Thursday, JM the AM, which I will describe to you uh, uh, also uh, later on in this show. So as we always say, leave it on the stream all day long. You'll be very glad you did. It's as simple as that. You know, Schlock Rock is playing our kosher halftime show coming up during uh, the Super Bowl on February the 2nd, you'll see it all on my website. If you just go to the home page, uh, starting, uh, I don't know, with a couple of seconds left of the first half, I guess, you'll see it there on our home page at com. And the big debate that seems to be going on, especially in social media, is which song Schlock Rock should do in their big halftime performance. Well, this may not make it, but I figured why not bring out all the suggestions. Schlock Rock at JM in the AM.
Abigail and may roam. We got to hear Shani Sahar. And the red, which means rose. We got Rashida Yakolda. We have easy in Israel. Did you know Chez is short? Oh yeah, Chez Kel. Someone who passed on, maybe he will pick the baby's name for. Because the name can continue for generations, or at least into the next door. Do you know your Hebrew name? Give it to boys and girls. You can carry out the flame when you're saying your Hebrew name. We see Netanya and Jonit. We see Ronin and Ravit. We see Metal and Revital. Mayan and Carmine. We see Huda and Gilad. Gabriella and Ehud. Are all real good. I'll let you know that Nehemia is my brother. And there is one particular nickname like Eli that could be Eliav, Eliana, Elisha, Eliyahu, Elisheva, or Eliezer. Do you know your Hebrew name? Give it to boys and girls. You can carry on the To the power of a Hebrew name. So, 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 From Yemen or Sephardi, to honor the family. But you don't have to worry if this custom you have not. There are still a lot of names that you have got. For all the years we've given For these 
ups and downs we call living Thank you for the good times and the better times Thank you for the rainy days and sunshine Thank you for the journey that we're journeying For all the lessons we are learning Thank you for the good times and the better times So to you I raise this cup of mine Sing upon your head, blessing upon your head. 
J.M. in the A.M. That is the uh, 
That is the uh, Izzy Kiefer selection entitled Ashira off of Izzy Kiefer and Friends. Thank you from 8th Day Schlockrock. As I said, we've been playing a lot of Schlockrock as they're getting ready for Super Bowl Sunday. Bring back that Shabbos feeling, followed by Do You Know Your Hebrew Name? Great Schlockrock selections here at JM in the AM. Eight degrees, the wind chill at minus four. Grab every scarf and pair of gloves and ski hat you have. It is freezing out there. And make sure you are warm, or as warm as possible on this Thursday morning. Seven minutes before seven o'clock with Yehuda Green.
J.M. and the A.M. Yehuda Green. Ka'echsof is the name of that selection here at J.M. and the A.M. Off of the Peace in My Heart CD. Thursday morning, it's cold. Eight degrees, scattered flurries, and a high of 22. The low tonight at 5. Tomorrow, the high only getting to 18. I am told that a... Uh, a member of the exclusive club of Jewish Super Bowl winners will be joining us this morning at JM in the AM. That is what I am told. That the exclusive club of Super Bowl winners who are from our community are going to be represented this morning here at JM in the AM. Details to follow. <laughs> Big day today on our stream at jmandam.org. I'll give you the entire lineup coming up. Uh, lots of good stuff, including a very interesting stunt show that Mark Zomick is going to be uh, hosting at 1 o'clock today after our live lunch. If you are a Jewish music aficionado, I think you will enjoy our stunt show at 1 p.m. Eastern time today, so make sure to be tuned in. Please keep in mind, Shalom Avraham and Peshalea for Rafur Shlema. Shalom Avraham and Peshalea for Rafur Shlema. And we thank you for that. It's a Thursday, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Charlie Harari is on at 9 o'clock. He'll be doing the Book of Life coming up at 9 a.m. this morning here on our stream at jmnam.org. Miriam L. Wallach with That's Life. She will feature the director of Camp Morashad, Jeremy Joseph, on their upcoming concert and what's new in camp this summer. Plus, it's National Handwriting Analysis Week. Dr. Ari Kornblit will join Miriam Wallach to discuss handwriting analysis. All that starting at 10 a.m. this morning on our stream at jmandtheam.org. Galaitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday next at jmandtheam. גליצאל שעה שתיים, כאן שיבל קרמי מנסור עם מה שקורה עכשיו. בהר המנוחות בירושלים החלה לווייתן של האחיות אביגיל ויעל גרוס שנהרגו אתמול באסון ההדברה. כתבנו יאיר שרקי מדווח מבית העלמין. מאות בני אדם כבר התעצפו כאן בבית ההספד בהר המנוחות בירושלים. במקום קוראים כעת פרקי תהילים לרפואת שני האחים שעדיין נאבקים על חייהם ובעוד זמן קצר יחלו ההספדים. לאחר מכן מסע הלוויה יצא לכיוון חלקת הקברים הקטנה, שם יובאו הפעוטות למנוחות. מוקדם יותר הוארך ביממה מעצרו של המדביר החשוד בגרימת מוות ברשלנות. כתבנו יותם ברגר מוסר שנציג המשטרה חשף בדיון כי המדביר אמר למשפחה לאחר ההדברה, אם תריחו ריח מסוכן, תברחו מהבית. עורך דינו משה שיפמן שוחח עם כתבים. אתם שמעתם, מי שישב בדיון שמע שהוא אמר ליושבי הבית מה שהוא אמר, הוא אמר להם דברים. עורך הדין שיפמן, נציג המשטרה אמר בדיון שהוא הורה למשפחה לעזוב את הבית במקרה שיריחו ריח מסוכן. איך המשפחה אמורה לנתב בחוש הריח שלה מהו ריח מסוכן ומהו לא ריח מסוכן? תשמע, אני חושב שכל אחד מאיתנו מסוגל לנתח מהו ריח של גז. נשיא המדינה שמעון פרס הגיב לנאום שנשא הבוקר נשיא איראן רוהני בפורום הכלכלי העולמי, בו אמר כי אין לארצו שאיפות לגרעין צבאי. שליחתנו לדבוס יונה לייבזון שמע את פרס. החלק החשוב בנאומו של רוהני היה זה שלא נאמר. הוא אמר שלא רוצה נשק גרעיני, צריך להגיד מדוע הוא בונה. 
טילי קרקע קרקע, ארוכי טווח, עם ראשי חץ גרעינים, בשביל מה? אין לזה שום שימוש אזרחי. הוא צריך להשיב מדוע איראן מוסיפה לתמוך במרכזי טרור בכל העולם. בעוד כשעה ינאם ראש הממשלה נתניהו בדבוס. תגובות לחשיפת גלי צה"ל הבוקר על תוכניתו של שר החינוך פירון לבטל את חובת לימודי הערבית בתיכונים. את הסיפור חשפה כתבתנו יערה ברק. חבר הכנסת עיסאווי פריג' ממרץ אמר, בעוד התלמידים הערבים נדרשים להכיר את האחר וללמוד עברית מכיתה ג', סבור שר החינוך פירון שאין באמת סיבה שהיהודים ידעו ערבית, והוסיף, מסתבר שהכרת האחר, נושא הלימוד השנתי, הוא לא יותר מסיסמה נבובה. גם בדף הפייסבוק של שר החינוך נרשמו תגובות. תזכור שלפני שצריך להסתדר עם העולם והאמריקנים, צריך להבין מה קורה מסביב, כתבה מורה לאנגלית. המהלך יגדיל את השסע בין אזרחים ערבים ויהודים, כתב מגיב אחר. שני תושבי אום אל פחם מואשמים ברצח הזמר שפיר קבהה, כתבנו קובי מנדל. התביעה טוענת בכתב האישום שהוגש לבית המשפט המחוזי בחיפה, שרצח כוכב הזמר הערבי שפיק קבהה, שאירע בחודש אוקטובר האחרון, נעשה על רקע אי הופעתו בחתונה. זאת בשל התחייבויותיו הקודמות. שני הנאשמים ברציחתו עמל בן מוחמד מחמיד בן 20 וחאלד בן אחמד ג'בארין בן 23, שניהם מאום אל פחם, מואשמים שירו בזמר מטווח קצר לאחר שסיים הופעה בגן אירועים באום אל פחם. התחזית ירידה בטמפרטורות. ולסיום, בתום מאבק משפטי ארוך, הרסו הבוקר רשות הטבע והגנים ומינהל מקרקעי ישראל את המבנים בחוף כפר נחום, שהוקמו לפני 17 שנה בלב הגן הלאומי שבצפון הכנרת. כתבנו בצפון גיא ורון מוסר שכעת תשוקם רצועת החוף והגישה למים תהיה נגישה לציבור. אלה החדשות שעורך הדר שיפר. Charlie's 
J.M. in the A.M. Ain Anachnu Maspikim. That's Diaspora here on a Thursday morning broadcast. Before that, Avremo, Avram Fried with Amachaya, his title track. Lave Avos, the Willig family, led by Rabbi Avram Willig in Yerushalayim with Ahafti and Avat Yisrael done by the Y-Studs to open up the uh, 7 o'clock hour. Thursday morning with 8 degrees, the wind chill at minus 4. If you're wondering why you're so cold, there's the reason. Because it's freezing outside. Want to give a big, big thank you to Cousin Moshe. Cousin Moshe is the man in charge over at the uh, Naim restaurant on 15th Avenue and the 30, I want to say 36th Street. Am I right? I believe I'm right. Either 36th or 39th. That sounds more right. That sounds more accurate. 39th and 15th in Brooklyn, New York. We were there yesterday. You may have heard during Monday's show that we were desperate for some real pizza bread as compared to what most of it's like in the Ameri- in the United States. And sure enough, he came through. So a big thank you to uh, to Moshe. If you go in there today, you make sure to send regards from all of us here at JM in the AM. Yesterday, our Nefesh Benefesh segment was uh, extraordinary, in my opinion. Uh, we had a, uh, yeah, besides the discussion about heading very south to lot and enjoying the weather there, uh, we had a, um, a series of guests who really uh, helped inspire a lot of people during the 8 o'clock hour. We spoke with the uh, with one of the judges in the Nefesh Benefesh Bonet Sion uh, Award. That's Barbara Goldstein from Adassa. We spoke to Lifetime Achievement Award winner Professor Shimon Glick, a legendary name in Israel. Uh, we spoke with uh, Yosef Abramowitz, co-founder of their Energia Global Capital Company, as they continue to explore the incredible contribution that solar energy can make to this world, not just in Israel. And we spoke, of course, to Rabbi Yoshua Fast, the founder of Nefesh Benefesh. If you missed any of it, there's an archive section at jmnam.org. Check it out, especially if you love talk about Israel. You will love our conversations from uh, yesterday in the 8 o'clock hour. JM and the AM at 22 minutes after 7 o'clock. More coming up on a Thursday. Special guests will be in our studio coming up, including somebody who has information about how you can win Super Bowl tickets. Could you imagine? We thought we'd delay all of our Super Bowl talk until next week. No, no, no. There are some anxious folks out there who want to give away Super Bowl tickets, and I'm sure some anxious folks who want to win Super Bowl tickets. It's all coming up if you keep it right here at JM in the AM. 
J.M. in the A.M. with Arye Kunzler. There he is with the uh, Ela Varechev selection here on a J.M. in the A.M. Thursday. It's the 23rd of January to 22nd of Shvat, and here we are during Thursday Yeshiva break. No matter where you are this week, cold weather, warm weather, thank you for tuning in to J.M. in the A.M. It's much appreciated. Don't forget tomorrow, our weekly update, Malcolm Holmline will join me as we discuss all the different things going on this week in Israel and the Jewish world, including this fascinating visit by the uh, Prime Minister of Canada, to the Holy Land. That'll be among our topics tomorrow, I am sure. Starts at 7.40 in the morning. There's also podcasting information about the weekly update. If you go to our uh, website, go to jmnam.org. In the news section of our website, you will see podcasting information where you can have the weekly update podcast delivered straight to your um, inbox on a weekly basis. So check that out at jmnam.org. Dot org or by Uden, of course, tomorrow on our Torah portion and plenty more for Friday. Unbelievable programming all day long on our stream at jmnam.org. Give you information on all those programs coming up a little later on in our show. Uh, well, Super Bowl talk is uh, coming up. We'll do that just after Rabbi Goldwasser will introduce to you a, a rabbi of a prominent synagogue and a former NFL player who are teaming up together uh, to uh, put together a... Uh, a uh, very Jewish concept regarding the Super Bowl coming up a week from Sunday. We'll explain all that right here at JM in the AM. First, Rabbi David Goldwasser is set. His words are of of Zebner Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in the Talmud and Masecha Sukkah. Rabbi Yehuda was Irish. Rabbi Yehuda expounded, Le'asid Lavai, in the future, Mevi'u HaKadosh Baruch Hu Sahara, Hashem, will bring forth the Sahara v'shaychtoi, and it will be killed, b'ipnei ha-tzadikim, in the presence of the tzadikim, u'b'ipnei ha-roshoyim, and in the presence of the evil. Tzadikim nid melohem kahar govaya. To the tzadikim, it's going to have the appearance of a towering mountain. U'roshoyim, into the evil, nid melohem kechut ha It will have the appearance of a hair's breadth. Halolu boichim, valolu boichim. Both groups will cry. Tzadikim boichim. The tzadikim will cry. Ve'oimrim heyoch yecholnu lichbosh har govoya kezeh. How is it possible that we were able to conquer such a towering mountain? Ureshoim boichim. And the evil will cry as well. Ve'oimrim and they will say, how is it possible that we were unable to conquer this hair's breath? Marana Rav Shach has an interesting question. How can there be such a major gap in the way that Sadiqim see the Yetzahara, the evil inclination, as a Har Gavaya, a high and mighty mountain, and the way that the Rishayim, the evil, We'll see the Sahara as a chuta saira, a mere hair's breadth. In fact, what is the true essence of the Sahara? Rav Shach answers, In truth, the separation between Ganadin and Gehenim is no greater than a chuta saira, a hair's breadth. The moment that a person truly and clearly comes to the Hakara, the recognition that there is none other besides Hashem. At that moment, he is transformed from a Russia to a Tzaddik, from evil to righteous, from Gehenim to Ganeden. He can change in one moment and all at one time.
This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Well, we thought we'd be postponing all of our uh, Super Bowl NFL talk until next week. But uh, certain things you can't avoid. Like the other day when New York NCSY was here, we were talking with her by uh, Cole about the uh, contest that they're doing for Super Bowl tickets, and then her by Strulowitz and uh, former San Francisco 49er John Frank contacted us at the Westside Institutional Synagogue is hosting their own Super Torah Bowl. Ooh, how did that word get in there? Yes, Super Torah Bowl. The only Torah contest with a grand prize 
of two Super Bowl tickets. Rabbi Josh Strulowitz is the rabbi at the Westside Institutional Synagogue. A pleasure to welcome you here to JM in the AM. Thanks for having me. I see you're keeping this tradition of being sometimes a sports-oriented shul. Well, you know, our shul has a reputation for being creative and using all aspects of uh, our culture to uh, bring out Torah life and to bring fun and excitement to it. And, you know, with the Super Bowl excitement coming here, we thought it would be a great opportunity to take that energy and use it for something a little more productive. And uh, we thought, you know, to bring out kids' creativity, that uh, a Dvar Torah contest where they can all apply, it's open to everyone in grade uh, 5 through 12. We thought it would be great, it would be consistent with what our shul does and a great opportunity for kids to hope and dream they can go to the game and to do so in a way that uh, brings Torah to life. Well, I believe you've scored a touchdown with this one. Uh, John Frank, the uh, aforementioned former San Francisco 49er, is with us live via telephone. It's a pleasure to meet you this way, and uh, welcome to JM in the AM. It's my pleasure, Nachum. Before I say anything, I want to. I was told you're having a halftime, <laughs> halftime entertainment. I want to plug that. I want everybody at the halftime of the game, if they don't want to be distracted and confused about what's going on at the game, I want them to watch your show, and I want. I want everybody to know about that. We're going to talk about that. I appreciate that very much. I I greatly appreciate the tangent that you've now sent me on because, look, after last year especially, what we discovered was that you never know what may happen during halftime. So what we're doing is we're doing a Nahum Siegel uh, kosher halftime show, which everyone can find on my website with about a few seconds left to the first half. This year it will be starring uh, Lenny Solomon and his amazing schlock rock group. He has incredible songs prepared. And I know a lot of parents out there are very happy that we have uh, taken this route and that we will be doing the Kosher Halftime Show. So thank you, John. With all the amazing things you've done in your career, and now being a medical uh, doctor and uh, having played a tight end for the San Francisco 49ers, yet you begin the conversation with something kosher, in this case the Halftime Show. And now I get to talk about something kosher that you guys are doing, which is the Super Torah Bowl. It's the only... Torah contest with a grand prize of two Super Bowl tickets. Was this your idea? Was this John Frank's idea? Who brought this to the table? It was John's I idea. I don't know how this came up. It's, it's your idea. We want you to um, we want you to attend, and We want you to be a part of this. <laughs> and um, and uh, it'll be from, um, I think we're starting at 11 a.m. on Super Bowl Sunday, where um, we'll be well before the game so that the, the kids that the the, the, the contestant who's going to win is going to um, be whisked off to the game with two Super Bowl tickets, and uh, and then it'll segue right into your stuff. So this is going to be an awesome Sunday. I'm well, always um, kind of distracted by the game anymore since I played in, I played in two of them, and, um, and so this is a really a nice opportunity to do something positive. Um, as someone who played in it, and now you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to tolerate my football questions as much as we want to talk about Toro, which we will in a moment. As someone who played in it, what were you doing 11 a.m. on Super Bowl Sunday? I mean, what? Yeah, that's what we want to talk about. Well, what? Say it again. Torah, Torah. I know we are gonna we are gonna talk about Torah, but I must, you must satisfy my fascination with having a former NFLer on the air. What are you doing 11 a.m. on Super Bowl Sunday? How difficult is it for a player just six or seven hours before the game? Well, that was you know that was. That was a lot of concentration and uh, trying to get everything, trying to make sure all of the sponsors. I wanted to make sure I had the right shoes on, <laughs> and, uh, and then every my uniform was buttoned up right, and um, and all, and then the playbook, everything was together, and um, didn't want to make any mistakes. 
Amazing, I'll tell you. By the way, I was given a statistic that seven Jewish men have won Super Bowl rings. That was the statistic given to me. And of the seven, two are Orthodox Jews. That would be you, of course, and Shlomo Weingrad. Would you Would you know if that statistic is accurate? I think that's probably close. Alan Allen has some of those statistics. And I don't know if seven of them are alive. That may be, there may be even less. Oh, ah, um, right. You know, there's not a lot. He's right. That's why he kept saying five. He was talking about living Jewish Super Bowl winners. And I believe it is five and two of them. Orthodox Jews. All right, uh, John, tell us about the contest. What do you want uh, our audience to know? What age group is this for, and what do the kids have to do? So this is going to be a, this is going to be a giant event. This is Super Bowl Forty Eight, but it's Torah Bowl Aleph. <laughs> it's the premiere, the, the first one, and and two of those five alive Jews that played in Super Bowls are going to be there. Myself and Alan Weingrad, as well as Art Shamsky from the nineteen sixty nine Mets. There may be some surprise guests in town. Um, I'm already, you know, we're we're working with Joe Montana and Steve Young and, and Jerry Rice are going to be here. We're, we'll see if we're going to have some other Jets and Giants that are going to be available to come to the event. It's at 11 o'clock Sunday morning, and there's going to be other other prizes and surprises and entertainment, and it's just going to be an awesome event. All right, Rabbi Strulowitz, what do kids have to do? So it's for grades 5 through 12. Just go to supertorahbowl.com. That's yeah. supertorahbowl.com. And by next, by this coming Monday, they have to submit their Dvar Torah online. That's a maximum of a thousand words. Any topic they want, any way they want to connect to the Super Bowl, it's completely creative. It's got to be connected to football. And some way, in any way you want, is as tangential as, as, as you want or as direct as, as you right. want. And then the Sunday morning of the game, all the students come and they present the Dvar Torah to the judges, who are the three champions you mentioned, and myself and a number of rabbis, including Rabbi Brander from YU, rabbis from SAR, teachers from Ramaz, from Teaneck, from all over. And we have we list all the judges on the website. And uh, Bank Lumi has been a great sponsor for us, and we, we thank them as well. And uh, there will also be a brunch that day of the game, so there's a small application fee, which uh, if someone can't afford it, we'll, we're happy to waive it. But it also covers a brunch the, the morning of the game. And it should be a great event, and we're looking forward to it. So, if uh, there's eight grades worth of kids, I mean, this is eight or five through twelve. So what we're gonna do is each each age group will be, be graded separately, so yeah. that they're judged against their age competitors, right. their, their their colleagues, and then. Uh, at the end, we'll take one kid from each age group, from four different age groups. They'll compete against each other in the finals. And the top four will also get semifinal prizes, you know, beyond, uh, of course, the, number, the, the grand prize who is hard to beat. Who but. determines the grand prize? Is there a competition? Is it a drawing? How does it work? So at the end, the grand prize will be determined by the judges and the audience that's there. It'll be a co- combined oh, effort between this- the two. This is yeah. this is going to be difficult. I'm sure the judges are not looking forward to this. I'm sure we've got a back door if we need it, so we'll be okay. <laughs> I mean, they're determining who's getting Super Bowl tickets. Literally that night, the winner will be heading with somebody else to the game, right? right. We're going to hand in the tickets and send them right off. It's going to be an amazing day. John, isn't this a uh, is isn't this even tougher than a pass interference call by a referee trying to determine who has the best of our Torah on Super Bowl Sunday? <laughs> It's going to be a lot of fun. There'll be audience participation, so everybody will get a vote. And it um, it's modeled after um, you know the X Factor, American Idol. It's basically the J Factor, and uh, and it's going to be really exciting. And we'd love for you to be there, Nachum. We want you to uh, come. We we will open it up for you to MC part of it, and um, and. 
if you keep if you keep me away from that judges table, I may actually show up. I don't want anyone. I don't want anyone to think I had anything to do with choosing who's going to the Super Bowl. I can tell you that much. The Super Torah Bowl is the only Torah contest with a grand prize of two Super Bowl tickets on the second uh, of February at the West Side Institutional Synagogue, beginning at eleven a.m. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the event will take place. There'll be a brunch. There'll be, uh, I'm sure, some presentations. There'll be prizes, as you mentioned. But in order for someone to actually be in the contest, they've got to submit those by when? By this coming Monday? This coming Monday, yeah. Through, all the way through Monday night on supertorahbowl.com. All right. Any Dvar Torah, grades 5 through 12, that, that in some way is associated with football, mm-hmm. has to be submitted by this coming Monday. I don't want someone to say they missed the deadline. They didn't know about it. Yes. Has to be submitted by this coming Monday, supertorahbowl.com. And then on Sunday, the following Sunday on Super Bowl Sunday, they can go to West Side Institutional Synagogue and see this whole procedure play out. Half the scores for the written component and half the scores for the presentation to make sure kids can really Oh, where they're actually going to be doing it live. Oh, they're doing it live in front of the judges. Now I got it. Now I got the whole concept. So it depends on the written word and then it depends on the spoken word. Exactly. And if they do a good job, they may be on their way to MetLife. They may be on their way to sitting in 10-degree weather (laughs) with a big blizzard and enjoying the outdoor. Uh, do we know if the tickets are, in fact, indoor or outdoor? Do we know if those tickets are sweet tickets or regular tickets? Well, considering the sweet tickets are going for about a million dollars, they're not the sweet tickets. That I can't promise. But they will They will get two tickets to the Super Bowl. We already have them. Hey, John, what do you say about people who are uh, hesitant about either playing or sitting in tough weather? What do you say as a former player? I, I don't have much to say about a, pl- a player who uh, uh, has something to say about playing in it because... In the, in the NFC Championship game in 1988, it was about 10 degrees below zero in Chicago, and, oh. and I was one of the knuckleheads that didn't wear long sleeves. So um, <laughs> I suggest that if John you touch it on that wearing game. sleeves, I don't recommend it. <laughs> I suggest that uh, everybody's booby give them two pairs of socks and uh, have some cholin chicken soup ready at halftime, and, and then they'll be ready to go. <laughs> I guess that's the uh, the antidote for everything, right? A good Hamish meal should be that's able to, to do it. should be able to warm everybody up for at least a few minutes in weather like that. Well, there you have it, SuperTorahBowl.com. Encourage the kids to get involved. It's all the way up until twelfth grade. Uh, then the event, of course, I assume is open to everybody, right? People can everyone, come. And, yeah, everyone can come and see it and be there and participate and vote. Uh, it's open to, to anyone who wants to be there. And let me just run through who's expected there. John Frank, who was with us. Live via telephone, former uh, San Francisco 49er. In fact, Rabbi Strulowitz just mentioned that he caught a touchdown pass in that NFC championship game. You can look it up, folks, as they say. Shlomo Weingrad, the former Packer and Cowboy who's been a guest of ours many times, he'll be there. Art Shamsky, any old-timer in New York knows who Art Shamsky is. He'll be judging Edvar Torah and all the Divrei Torah, I should say, that day. Rabbi Strulowitz, of course, Rabbi Kenneth Brander, who's going to be joining us a little later in this show who is the dean of the uh, Yeshiva University Center for the Jewish Future, Rabbi Shalom Baum, who I'm told is a giant fan from Congregation Keter Torah and Teaneck, Rabbi Litton, Manhattan Day School. Rabbi Litton's going to be there. He's got a, uh, a a good creative touch. We'll see Absolutely. what he says about those Divrei Torah. Ariana Ritholtz, Jewish Life Coordinator at Ramaz, and Youth Director at Kehilath Jester in Manhattan, Rabbi Josh Lukstein, Head of School at Westchester Day School, Leora Slominoff, uh, Director of Student Activities at Manhattan Day School, and Bethany Strulowitz, of course, middle school teacher at MDS as well, and the Rebbitson of the West Side Institutional Synagogue. So there you have it, everybody. Go to uh, supertorahbowl.com. You or a family member, a kid in your family, could be the winner of two tickets for Super Bowl 
48. John, I look forward to meeting you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so Pleasure. much. I look forward to meeting you as well, Malcolm. Rabbi Strulowitz, continued success at the Westside Institutional Synagogue. Thank you. Appreciate it. Send our regards. Are you still packed up there? You're still yeah, packed. Yeah, doing right? great. You know, there was a time when there was barely a minion up there. You know that. That's amazing. I remember but, those uh, days. Yeah, thank It is God. incredible what's going on. Yeah, 100%. And it's yeah. wonderful to see. So many great people enjoying all the programming up at the West Side Institutional Synagogue. A very special Thursday morning broadcast right here at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. Thursday morning with 8 degrees. You heard correctly. If you haven't bundled up yet this morning, I suggest you do so before you leave the house. Scarves and hats and coats and all that stuff, sweaters, whatever else we need, gloves. It is cold out there. And the good news is it's supposed to be like this for days. That's right, folks. I'm trying to put a positive spin on this uh, dastardly weather forecast. Scattered flurries with a high of 22 tonight, the low of 5 degrees, and tomorrow... 18 is the high. It's Thursday at JMNAM and JMNAM.org. We have an amazing day of programming on our stream all day long at JMNAM.org, and we will uh, outline that for you a little later on. We have some very special guests in our studio this morning. Our by Kenneth Brander, of course, the dean of the Center for the Jewish Future at Yeshiva University, is here in addition to judging the West Side Institutional Synagogue uh, Super Torah Bowl, which is one of our Brander's roles that we discussed. Uh, on a more regular basis, he's, of course, the dean of the Center for the Jewish Future. And again, CJF, and this always brings a big smile to my face, CJF has spent the uh, winter break. They just started back at YU at the beginning of this week. Uh, but on, during winter break, they uh, again put together some incredible missions. Rabbi Brander is accompanied by some amazing students. Rabbi Kenneth Brander, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. It's always a pleasure to be here. Appreciate that. Great to see you. So CJF has done it again. They haven't just relaxed during winter vacation. They've made sure to have incredibly dedicated students go out really around the entire globe and and go on CJF missions and accomplish a lot of great things. Uh, Well, I think... One of the nice things, one of the special things about Yeshiva University is the fact that it recognizes that there has to be a synergy between engaging our students in the Beit Midrash, engaging our students within the classroom, and allowing them to bring that energy into the world. So whether it's a group of students that went to uh, the south of Israel working with underprivileged teens, those who are uh, at risk of failing out of high school, a program that we do actually with the Ministry of Education um, in the South, which has actually been accredited by them, whether it's the work that we do in the Ukraine, whether it's uh, coast-to-coast, and this year going to visit uh, important communities like Columbus and Cleveland and Detroit, and uh, allowing our students to realize that there's a serious Jewish community uh, passing the Jersey Turnpike, (laughs) and uh, whether it's the Hurricane Sandy relief work that our students were involved in that's still happening, unfortunately, or the need for it. And I think even more important than these unbelievable trips that our students participated in is the fact that I think there's an energy on the campus where our students um, have taken, I think, an idea that was incubated at the CJF, and they're creating their own service learning experiences above and beyond what we're doing now because it's really become part of the culture of the Beit Midrash, part of the culture of the campus, and uh, Baruch Hashem, uh, it's a way that Yeshiva University helps people around the corner and helps people around the world. I remember uh, in one of our recent conversations with two Stern College students who were here who basically did what you just described. They, they went ahead and created their own mission, right. one that I don't know if either of us would have ever gone on, and they just had uh, the most amazing time and uh, influenced a lot of lives. I believe that was in Africa, if I remember correctly. All right, we have great students here this morning. Uh, one is Sam Weinstein, also known as Schmooze Weinstein from Teaneck, New Jersey. A pleasure to welcome you. Good morning. Hi, good morning. And where were you on which one of these trips? I was on Counterpoint Winter, so I was down in Kerem Malachi in the uh, Negev. How was that? I loved it. It was my third time going. It was your third trip already? Yeah. So you know all the kids at this point? Are they rotating in and out? I mean, what, what's the story there? Yeah, I know I know a lot, a lot of kids down in Kerem Malachi. And, uh, and what are you responsible to do on a daily basis? So we 
every day we teach an English lesson. We teach a little art lesson.、Um, for the winter mission specifically, we, you know, it's the key focus is those lessons,、right. and、uh, we. We have great things to to teach.、Them. Did you know you were an English or art teacher before embarking on the CJF mission, <laughs> or you discovered this on the plane ride out there? He couldn't speak English before he <laughs> went on the trip. <laughs> I mean, I think this is one of the things. By the way, these kids discover they're able to do certain things they never would have dreamed of. They are leadership incubators. That's the <laughs>、exactly. whole purpose of them. So, what happened when you were told to teach your first lesson? I would imagine you were dropped nervous, though. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely a bit <laughs> nervous, but、uh, when. When you see how how everyone else is, is, we're all kind of on the same page. How many? How much English do students in Kiryat Malachi know to begin with? Any? Surprisingly little. And you know, when you see how big of a of, an, of a focus it is on on their bagriot and the test that they need to to get into college, then you know you realize just how much how much help they need and how much service we can be to them. English is a big part of the bagriot. It's. I didn't even know that. In order to enter college, you have to take a massive exam in Israel. Yeah, and you're saying English is a big part of it. Yeah, it's a, they get tested on a, on a wide variety of subjects. And、uh, I actually walked past a classroom、uh, once this winter, and and I heard like a a recorded voice saying, a woman walked into the pizza store and ordered herself a fries and a pizza, and then afterwards they asked her a question in Hebrew, you know, Maisha, you know. <laughs> So that's how they learn English. Interesting, boy.、Yeah. Um, all right. And、uh, aside from that, you're meeting kids who have what type of background? And I'm not talking about Jewish background. What type of family background are they? You know, from normal family situations. All right. So Kiryat Malachi is, is a very big development town, and, and a, a large percentage of, of the kids in the schools that we taught at are come from Ethiopian descent. Right. So their parents are, are immigrants. It's.、Uh, You know they're having a little bit of trouble integrating within Israel, and、um, you know they're really the sweetest kids, but they're a lot of them are just a little bit misguided. By right,、me. the culture shock is、uh, yeah. acute. I can imagine. Hey, could you humor me for a moment and tell me what the temperature was in Kiryat Malachi? <laughs> Do you mind telling me? Was it, it really warm? It really was, nice and toasty. I wanted to wear a coat to sympathize with you guys, but I just could not. Oh, it must be great down there. <laughs> at,、yeah. least, at least that part of it. All right. In、oh, addition、yeah. to、uh, Sam Weinstein, Leah Goldstein is here from Passaic, New Jersey. Leah, good morning to you. Good morning. Nice to see you. And which trip were you on? I was on Ukraine. You were in the Ukraine. Turn that mic to your.、Uh, am I right or wrong that Ukraine is going through a little bit of political turmoil right now? Are you aware of that? Yeah, I am aware. What did you think that if you came from?、Uh, I don't know.、Um, from a family that does, I, don't, I don't want to even jokingly condemn someone's parents for sending them to Ukraine. Obviously, it's just a routine. But I would think if you know if my kid wanted to go to Ukraine and I'm watching the evening news, I might be a little hesitant. Did you get a little bit of uh, of um, you know of uh, warnings uh, before you went over there? Yeah, we did get warnings, but I wasn't so nervous. It's more happening in Kiev, and we were in Kharkov.、Uh-huh, and how far is that from Kiev? I'm not totally sure. I mean, is it hundreds of miles, or is it like you know the no, next no, town no. over? No, it's a very significant distance. Seriously? I mean, yes, and not only that. Nowhere near a downtown protest area. Nowhere near a downtown. We're、protest. not putting our students in any immediate danger. In fact, Yeshiva University <laughs> sent its own security team there to protect、uh, <laughs> really? students. Really? No, Gr- not really. Great idea.、Um, but but we do make sure that wherever we send students, we do two things. Number one is. Um, we have a special. It's an international、uh, organization that Yeshiva University actually pays for for all its students because you can't just pay for the twenty or thirty you're sending to Ukraine. You have to do it for everybody.、Right. Where if God forbid anything happens with one student,、um, there is、uh, 
American hospitals, American doctors, right. and everything else to take care of. So, for example, on the Ukraine trip, I got this phone call in the middle of the night that a student uh, fell and uh, sprained uh, her leg and needed a uh, wheelchair. I think they were playing football or something like that. Well, we were ice skating. Ice skating. Oh, Great. I had heard they were part of the demonstrations. That's what I heard. <laughs> you may have heard the true story, but that's the story that was given to me. But we always make sure that there's a whole you know, support right. structure. and. We make sure that wherever we go, I mean, in Israel, it's obviously not a concern, right. but whether you go to Nicaragua or Rwanda or any other place like that, we always make sure that there's an NGO as well as a full uh, interaction with the State Department to make sure that we would do. And if we have to pull the trip four minutes before they're going on the flight, right. uh, we'll do that. So totally All right. So the preparation was not that big a deal. No. Okay. So you go. And, and what is there? You get to, what was the name of the city? Kharkov? Kharkov, you yeah. Get, you get there. What do you see in terms of Jewish presence? I mean, you don't see much. That's the truth. It kind of, to me, it felt like I was going up Poland again a little bit. Uh-huh. You were there as well? In Poland, yes. Holy cow. These kids travel a lot. What does your passport look like? My gosh. And you go, so, and, and, and so is there a Jewish school? Is there a Jewish community? A shul? Anything noticeable to you? There's uh, Definitely there's a Chabad there. Right. And there is a small Jewish school called Shalavim where we actually visited that as well. Right. But the truth is that they really don't have that much connection to orthodoxy over there. And I think that that was really a huge part of the trip, us going down there and being able to form the connection with these Jews that don't have that connection. And when you say connection, you're talking about with youthful Jews, senior citizens, or both? They were called our Ukrainian peers, so college students, high school students that we spent time with for a while. Did you meet anybody who was somewhat familiar with Jewish tradition, or they're really just a... You know, they're, they're really starting from scratch. No, there was, because we did spend um, the Shabbos. We spoke to the rabbi, the Chabad rabbi. We had a meal at his house, and we went to the shul there. So there is some orthodoxy, but right. I think in Kharkov itself, I don't think that there is much just because they don't know. Uh, and uh, what was the greatest, was there a great sacrifice for Jewish tradition that you saw? I don't know, maybe <laughs> people trying to get kosher food or trying to observe something or walking very far. To sh- I mean, you could tell me, anything you noticed that was really noteworthy. Yeah, definitely. Um, we went to Sumi, which is um, a town not, I mean, three and a half hours away from Kharkov. And what was actually crazy there is the rabbi, he actually said that he watched the cows being milked, and then he had to sit there and separate his own milk in order to get kosher milk. His wife makes her own mayonnaise, um, ketchup, anything. He's doing that all himself. And me and actually another girl went up to him afterwards, and we said, wow, this is such a, so much Monsieur Snafish right. that you're doing this. And he, without skipping a beat, he looked at us and he said, no, it's not. This is not Monsieur Snafish. How long was the trip? It was a week. And how did you communicate with local people? I would assume you know English and maybe some Hebrew, right? Yeah, actually, I did take Russian for three years in high school. Really? I don't remember it so much. <laughs> That's a spirit. I took Spanish for four years. I could barely tell you a word. Yeah. It was definitely hard to communicate, but I think that the communication was deeper on a sense that we were Jewish and they were Jewish. So as much as there was a culture barrier and a language barrier, that kind of, I think, went away based on the fact that we're Jews and we want to connect. By the way, is high school Russian required in order to get a, uh, a Yeshiva University student to go to Ukraine? That's not necessarily the case. No. We, you know, we make sure uh, so anybody can there go. are appropriate interpreters. How do you there choose from the who joint. goes, by the way? I mean, one of the biggest challenges that we have is, first of all, unlike uh, Mr. Reinstein, who's gone several times, most yeah. of the, we have a rule that, that we don't let students go several times. Uh. But we always want to make sure that a few students, especially those that will play leadership roles in the future in there, have some understanding of the locations because... 
we have so many students that apply and we don't have enough spaces. It's all a financial challenge. Uh, but we try to make sure that every single student at Yeshiva University has an opportunity to be on these trips. Uh, so whether it's the Schreiber Torah Tours or whether it's the, these trips that we just mentioned, whether it's the programs that will happen over the summer, um, our goal is to allow our students to not only be in a rigorous Torah environment and not only to be in a rigorous academic environment, but to give them the opportunity um, to actualize their potential in these yeah. unbelievable experiences that not only change the particip- not only change the people at the locations and that we have the data that shows us what we're doing and what we're accomplishing. In fact, if anyone listening wants There's to see the numbers, data, eh? the hard numbers, just go wow. on the yu.edu slash cjf website and you can actually see a report that was done for the work that we're doing in Israel and how we've literally changed the lives of the students as well as the um, as well as their families. Um, but I think that for us, the opportunity for our students to realize how they can engage in the world is really what YU has always been about. It's what YU was about when you were 100%. so engaged in creating uh, and now I think it's, out on a radio station. And now and I think now, it's ten times that. Hey, listen, it's the seeds that, that were planted right. when you were there, and uh, thank God they continue to grow. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmnam.org. You just mentioned part of the uh, programming that is that is sponsored. It's no secret. You mentioned Schreiber Territories, for instance. I'm going to encourage anybody out there. You don't have to do this right, Brenda. I'm going to do it. Because times are tough. We know it. We know times are tough everywhere. Yeshiva University knows times are tough. Everybody knows times are tough. If there is somebody out there that wants to attach a name and sponsor a program that is changing lives, whether it be Israel, Ukraine, or anywhere else, you have the opportunities to do it, and I want to encourage them to get in touch with you and uh, and make the effort to, to fund a, either a new program or one that exists already. They can just help fund one, sending one student uh, right. to Kiryat God, to Kiryat Malachi. I was speaking to the students before we got on the air. And I mentioned to them, there's a whole bunch of towns in Israel that have sent us letters, the mayors and others, and saying, we also have youth at risk. Help us. But we have limited sure. funds. Uh, we're not going to take university funds to do this. They're all funds that have been sponsored by very generous donors. And if anyone wants to be part of that, they can just send me an email. I have an easy email, email address, brander at yu.edu. There you go. Easy, brander at yu.edu. And we'd love to uh, be your partners. Uh, Leia Goldstein, she was in the Ukraine. Would you go back? Yes. I, you would go back. Yeah, yeah. So it was really just a great experience. Yeah, definitely. How many people go with you? How many students accompany, are uh, in the group, rather? There are 20. Are there 20 students? That's a big group. Yeah, it's the largest group we can take there because we have to make sure, again, there's security right. issues, there's other issues. And in all the places, Ukraine, we actually, obviously to Israel, we take the largest group. Um, and, uh, again, um, one of the things that happens now in Israel is that the uh, Ministry of Education gives um, extra credit to all of the students that go to our summer program. Nice. Um, so That's you a good incentive. To, right. And we know kids. I mean, I think one of the things that happens also is how do you make sure that in a few weeks you're able to right. make a transformational difference? First of all, while they may not know English and they they may be living 10 in one, you know, in a one-bedroom apartment, they all have Facebook, and they all have nicer phones than you and I have. Okay, that's number one. So they all connect, still connect with our students throughout the year, 
and it really creates an unbelievable opportunity, again, for our students to play leadership roles and for them, our, our brothers and sisters in Israel, uh, to be able to grow. Does that go for the Ukraine also? Are you in touch in social media with any of the people you met there? Yep. Already they're in oh, touch yeah. with you? Oh, yeah. And, uh, and now uh, you can help me uh, get through what's happening here in New Jersey. Uh, what was the temperature in, uh, in the Ukraine when you were there? It was freezing. Yeah, like around what it is here? Yeah. There you go. Now I feel much, <laughs> much better compared to the uh, Kiryat Malachi report that I got where it sounds like temperatures were in the 80s at least. JM in the AM on a Thursday morning. Rabbi Brander is here. We're talking about the incredible CJF 2014 missions. We've met uh, uh, Sam Weinstein. we met Leah Goldstein. And now Neil Bodner, who's been in this building before and is joining us this morning from Teaneck, New Jersey, also an amazing student up at Yeshiva University. Uh, welcome, Neil. Good morning. Thank Great you. to have you here. Where were you during the CJF winter mission of 2014? I was on a program called Jewish Life Coast to Coast. And that means? It stopped in Cleveland, uh, three days in Cleveland, three days in Columbus, three days in Detroit, and stopping in Toledo on the way to Detroit. Uh, all right. So at least one thing I know is you were more inclined to the colder weather, I would assume. Unfortunately. Rabbi Brander, how do people get the Scottsdale and Houston trips instead of the Detroit and Cleveland ones, I'd like to know? Why did Neil end up <laughs> on a Midwestern trip this year? Well, huh? every every year we decide <laughs> on which areas. So he lucked out, whatever. So a guy named Joey Bodner called me and said, my son's applying to this trip. Please make sure he goes to a place that's colder than Teaneck because I don't want him to move out of town, you know, whatever, even though, please God, he'll realize that there's a wonderful, enriched life that people can have beyond uh, Teaneck. Well, that's true. Um, And uh, we find that many of our students that go on these coast-to-coast programs uh, realize um, how rich life is outside of New York. You you know, you might not have as many, you know, if, if if the definition of a walled city was defined by how many restaurants you had. Uh, Teaneck would uh, yeah. recite McGill on Shushan Purim. No question about but that. But the bottom line is that um, <laughs> to be able to see uh, rich lives in places like Cleveland, in places like Columbus, in places like Detroit, and to see how you know everyone is counted, I think is important for our students, and I think it's important that we seed those communities. You know, we read a lot about Detroit. I mean, I'm saying in general, and, and what they've been going through over the last few months, how has it affected the Jewish community? What did you discover there? Um, it, there's, we had a lot of discussions about how that was affecting the Jewish community, um, but specifically the Jewish community was somewhat le- like self, self-sufficient right. um, for a while, so, and specifically with donors and different things, so they haven't been affected as much. But definitely a factor. So what's your role? We heard what happens when students go to the Ukraine. What happens when you go to the Midwest? What do they expect you to do? Mainly, um, it's for us to find to speak to different uh, shuls, schools, uh, services, federations, just to see how Jewish life functions outside of uh, the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey. All right. Um, and also somewhat we speak to YU alumni who moved out there and try to pitch, you know, why it's okay to move out of uh, in town right. and go out of town. Um, and a little bit also, we went to different schools and taught with, we learned with um, some of the kids in, in high school and in 7th and 8th grade and sat with them. Is there a lot of, are there a lot of YU alumni who are in leadership roles in places like Toledo, Detroit, Cleveland, etc.? Toledo, not as much. All right. Uh, <laughs> actually, in, is there anybody in Toledo? For the, for the few hours that we were in Toledo, we met at the shul there, and the ra- we met us and the rabbi, and the rabbi was talking to us, and he said that, that there's only one Shomer Shabbos Jew in Toledo, wow. and that's me. Wow. 
So that, that's a lot of mistakes. Why do you think he's there, Rabbi Brander? Why would that rabbi be there in Toledo? Uh, again, I think that people realize that they can really make a difference in the world. And this rabbi in Toledo, I think his place in Olam Haba, and for that matter in this world, right. is very significant. I don't think it's about mysterious nefesh. I think it's about realizing that you want to have a a purpose in this world right. and, and meaning in this world. Well, but, but well, I have to tell you, Cleveland, yeah. the whole school, Beit Sefer Mizrahi, the rabbis, it's it's a totally YU oh, alumni. Oh, it's an incredible place. Right. It's totally YU from all the administration to the rabbanim, et cetera, et cetera. Detroit, um, you know, again, I think it's more of a mixed right. uh, thing, but the work that Rabbi Morris is doing and the work in Akiva and uh, the engagement with Beis Yehuda and other, pl- and other places is just wonderful. Right. And I think it's very important that our students um, really realize that there's a rich Jewish life. And, and, and specifically for that trip, we try not to uh, choose students who have lived out of town or right. what I would call a more normal living you experience. You want the metro or your kids I want the ones who are in Teaneck and Passaic and in the five towns who think they need a passport <laughs> to leave the New Jersey Turnpike to basically see these experiences. And also, I, don't, I think they don't realize how much they give back to these institutions when they're able to go there and engage. And for parents to see, listen, my children can go to Yeshiva University, my children can have a wonderful experience and then come back and Engage within the community as uh, as uh, Mr. Bodner and uh, all of his friends uh, saw. Um, I think over the over the two Shabbatot and the week in between. How many students were on the trip? There were about 24 students on and, the trip. And were, was there a lot of curiosity in those towns about New York and New Jersey? Did kids and adults ask you about what was going on here? A little bit, a little bit. I mean, we met. A lot of, like I said, we were meeting with YU alumni, right. so they were more talking about how amazing their communities are, right. except for the fact that they come back to New York for restaurants and for. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure they asked you what's happening on the campus and how things yeah, are bustling over there, definitely. right? There's a lot of Sarah Check talk in right. high schools. I can imagine that's always basketball. It all comes back to sports, right, Brander? <laughs> it all does. <laughs> the common denominator when you travel the country, simple as that. Well, would you do this again? I would you, definitely do this. You want to visit more communities? If I'm allowed to, I don't know. There's a, I just found out there's a rule. <laughs> hey. Right, Brander has announced publicly. <laughs> but if there's another, if there's a trip that's moving, you know towards L.A., so definitely <laughs> I'm more inclined. I'm with you. Well, there you have it. Uh, some I think of, one of the nice yeah. things that happened was that every night they had a night seder, yeah. um, and they just learned amongst themselves. So even though they were the enriching road. themselves on the road by having those experiences, they gave chaburas to each other. Um, if I remember reading the schedule, I think you were up for like the first chabura or something I, like that? Yeah, on Shabbos, Shabbos right. afternoon. And it was really, it was really a nice uh, opportunity again for our students to, you know, engage with each other as well as to, again, engage with the communities all around. Uh, all well, around Neil the is known, Midwest you know, area. for his Torah lectures and his Torah writings. So I'm sure he did very well out there. Maybe I'll communities. get Super Bowl tickets for it. Yeah, I mean, come on, <laughs> and you have an in here, don't you? After all, uh, piecing together all of our stories from this morning. Uh, CJF information. I think our Brander said the easiest thing. You can contact him at uh, Brander at yu.edu. Uh, if you want to sponsor a trip, want to get involved, know of a student who uh, this may be perfect for, or if you're listening from different communities around the country or the world, and you want to just be in touch with our Brander about students coming to visit your area of the globe. Uh, it's a unique opportunity, and we strongly suggest it. By the way, these photos, these are from your trips, right? The 2014 photos that I found online. Uh, you can go online uh, if you just search the CJF 2014 winter break. 
Uh, you will see photos from all of these trips with students who are doing hard work, helping people out in Kiryat Gat and in the Midwest and, of course, in the Ukraine and all the areas that CJF visited over the last couple of weeks. And now I'm sure you guys are really happy to be back on campus with classes having started right. Where, where's that uh, Where's that old school spirit? Isn't it much better being in class than traveling the world with CJF? Maybe, maybe with a little less snow. <laughs> right, Brad, there. I always ask you this question this time of year. Is it nice to finally go back to the campus and see a, a bustling campus with plenty of students starting this past uh, Tuesday, coming back and enjoying their classes? Once again, uh, I'm happy to announce that Yeshiva University's uh, student population grew by 9%. Um, since January, we have a whole bunch of more students that joined us. We're very excited about that. Again, I invite You're anyone. You're saying that this semester, this semester, they have a nine percent growth over last semester. F- over last January's at this numbers, time, at this number, at this time, yes. Wow. So, what do you attribute that to? Uh, the great Rabbeim, the great teachers, the great faculty. And by the way, that a little would, bit of the CJF. That uh, would mean, based on our conversations in the past, that this is the largest student population ever. I think. On the women's campus, we're like 50 below the largest population ever. And I think on the men's campus, maybe 100 below the largest population ever. Um, but we're very close to that. The dorms at on the Bering campus are basically totally full. Wow. Um, and the dorms and the campus life and the uptown campus and the Wolf campus is also, Baruch Hashem, really growing. You come in the morning to the Beit Midrash and... Uh, We'll try to find you a spot, but the multiple Bate Midrash are, are filled, Baruch Hashem. Um, come and see the energy at Stern College. It's just a very unique and special place. No question. And um, I feel blessed to be part of it. And it's, it's, it, it's a wonderful energy because I think you see all different types of students who are engaged in so many different ways with the community and with their own uh, academic growth, as well as their own uh, pursuits of uh, Torah development. Thank you again for you. introducing uh, the leaders of tomorrow in our community to this audience. You brought, brought in some great students this morning, and uh, we appreciate you doing that. And uh, continued success. It should be another great semester up at YU and for Amen. CJF. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Rabbi Kenneth Brander, of course, the dean of the uh, Center for the Jewish Future. My thanks to uh, Rabbi Brander and, of course, to Sam Weinstein of Teaneck to Leah Goldstein of Passaic, and to Neil Bodner of Teaneck, New Jersey, all of whom, through uh, Kiryat Malachi and the Ukraine and the Midwest part of the United States, participated in CJF missions during winter break of 2014. This is a Thursday morning broadcast at JM in the AM.
Cowboy Great Selections, brand new from Eighth Day. You heard the uh, Hula song that everyone's talking about, plus Wait For You, off of the Hula CD here at JM and the AM. 25 minutes after the hour, Thursday with 8 degrees, minus 4 the wind chill. Good morning, everybody. Uh, if you want to, you could vote for an Eighth Day song or a uh, Yaakov Shweki song or a Benny Friedman song. You can vote for any song you want for our top nine at nine. Happens every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Make sure to go to the 9 at 9 site. Which is uh, at the very nine at nine link at the very top at NachumSiegel.com. You'll see a nine at nine link. Go to that link and make sure to vote for your favorite song. Simple as that. That's how it works. And then they uh, Yossi Zweig will count down the top songs uh, during uh, the nine o'clock hour on Tuesday night, and you'll see uh, you'll see how your favorite did. Lipo won the nine at nine this week. How do you like that? Uh, the Super Bowl kosher halftime show has been announced. A big thank you to our friends at Cedar Market in Teaneck, New Jersey. A big thank you to our friends at Empire. A big thank you to our friends at the Orthodox Union. Super Bowl kosher halftime show will be on my website coming up on uh, Sunday, February the 2nd, starring Lenny Solomon and Schlockrock. And, boy, are we looking forward to it. Spread the word. What could be better than a kosher halftime show? Delicious kosher food during the game and delicious kosher halftime entertainment at the half. What do you think of that? Lots going on on our stream today at jmandtheam.org. There is so much happening on our stream today at jmandtheam.org. We've got the uh, Book of Life program, which is going to be done by Charlie Harari. That's happening between 9 and 10 Eastern time on the stream, happening right after JM and the AM. Miriam L. Wallach is on this morning. She'll be on between 10 and 11 with That's Life. Director of uh, Camp Marashad, Jeremy Joseph, will speak about their upcoming concert and what's new in camp this summer. Plus, listen to this. National Handwriting Analysis Week is this week, and Dr. Ari Kornblit is going to be uh, joining Miriam Wallach to discuss what can be learned from someone's signature and maybe what Miriam's own writing sample says about her. Interesting. That's happening between 10 and 11 this morning on the stream at jmnam.org. Live lunch between 11 and 1. I don't know if uh, Aaron Schechter and Dr. Rudolph are part of it. i got to find out if they return this week now that the uh, 
CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, has ended. At 1 o'clock today, Mark Zomick, a special edition of the Stunt Show. He's joined by Harold Geller, who introduces Mark and the audience to some Jewish music you may not have heard before. Does it sound intriguing? It is. It happens between 1 and 2. If you're a Jewish music fan, you'll enjoy that Stunt Show. At 2 o'clock, we have a throwback Thursday, a JM in the AM from... Uh, 2003, when Blue Fridge did our live from the fourth floor presentation. That's from 2003. Yigal Siegel with Homeward Bound coming up at 4.30. That's an amazing segment, and this week's is extra special, so make sure to be tuned in. And, of course, stay with our stream all day long at jmandtheam.org. So there is plenty, and I mean plenty, of amazing and incredible uh, information and entertainment on our stream all day long at jmandtheam.org. Hey, Cousin Moshe, big thank you to you. Anybody who walks into the, the, the Naim restaurant on 15th Avenue today in Brooklyn, New York, say hi to Cousin Moshe from all of us here at JM and the AM. <laughs> Vishvochim, 
J.M. in the A.M., Benny Friedman, amazing selection off of the CD entitled Shabbos with uh, Benny Friedman. A Shabbos with Benny Friedman. J.M. in the A.M., Rabbi Yossi Kanelski is with us live via telephone. The Center for Jewish Life Testimonial Dinner, celebrating 10 years, is coming up on Sunday, February the 9th in Marlboro, New Jersey on Route 79. On Sunday, February the 9th, the keynote speaker will be Ambassador Ido Aharoni, the Consul General of Israel in New York. And uh, the dinner will uh, honor Fred and Maya Fuchs, who are guests of honor that night, young leadership awardees, Rav, uh, Pavel and Daala Kapelnikov, Man of the Year Award to Paul Blacker, Woman of Valor Award to Bella Kravchik. And it is all happening on the 9th of February. Rabbi Yossi Kanelsky, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Rabbi Nachum. How are you? Baruch Hashem. Uh, this is already the tenth year. Baruch Hashem. Believe it or not, it is very hard to believe, frankly. And it, are you based in Marlboro? Where are you based? Yes, right in Marlboro. And what could you tell us about the uh, community in Marlboro? There are so many people who are curious about what's happening in the I don't know lesser known areas in terms of Jewish life in the state of New Jersey. What's happening in the Marlboro area? It's more up and coming. There's more and more of a Jewish presence. There are more and more Jews that are coming out of their homes and coming out of hiding or coming out of uh, learning more about who they are. And Baruch Hashem, it's, uh, it's contagious. And I assume you're at your uh, highest level yet. You are, uh, you are enjoying your highest numbers of participants, I would guess. 
Baruch Hashem, year to year, it's just growing and growing, and now the pressure is on to keep it uh, keep it up. Oh, that's for sure. How important is this dinner for the life of the Center for Jewish Life? It's a very special event. Uh, everyone from the congregation uh, is uh, is amazed uh, that it's uh, it's already been ten years. We started back in two thousand and four. Wow! And um, we've you know we started in very small, humble beginnings in a very small. Uh, 800 square foot, uh, formal, formerly a, a pool cabana, which was in a small development. <laughs> and today we are Baruch Hashem in 18,000 square feet on a beautiful campus here, where uh, every single program Baruch Hashem has grown and grown. And most importantly, the participants and every single family and every single member is really feeling connected. And uh, the children coming, whether it's the Hebrew school or any program for that matter, really come and feel that they really belong. This is their home. Is there a Hebrew school there? There is uh, close to 70 children now. I think 66 is the number of children coming every single Sunday to study and learn. Uh, we have an active uh, teen program, which is the post-bar and bat mitzvah of boys and girls coming every single Thursday night, con- uh, continuing their connection. And in fact, um, over the, uh, the New Year's break, uh, on the last Shabbos in December, we had a an alumni of college students who came home for the for the break, and we had a Friday night dinner for them. <laughs> so this is post uh, Hebrew school bar and bat mitzvah and teen club that are now already in college that are still uh, still still at home when they come here to Center for Jewish Life. All right, Yossi Kanelski is with us live via telephone. Uh, what prompted the ambassador Ido Aharoni to join you on the 9th of February? The Center for Jewish Life, uh, Baruch Hashem, has, has taken a great role in, uh, in revamping and uh, awakening the Jewish hearts and souls of, uh, as you say, Achenu B'nai Yisrael, uh, from the former Soviet Union in particular, but uh, for now, for many, many Jews. And uh, this, is, uh, this, is what, uh, this is what it's all about. It's, uh, Eretz Yisrael is our connection. This is our home. This is our place. And uh, here in the diaspora... We have, Baruch Hashem, a place that uh, more and more people are feeling connected. We have many, many boys and girls for their Bar Bat Mitzvah going to Eretz Yisrael and celebrating and marking this special event, and uh, we have that connection. So the ambassador appreciates it. A thousand percent. Tell me about the honorees February the 9th for the Center for Jewish Life. Uh, Each and every one of them, this year specifically, uh, all of them have been involved pretty much from the inception, from when we started 10 years ago. And each one in their own way has contributed a lot to the growth. Uh, Fred and Maya Fuchs, uh, many years ago, back in 2005, donated a Torah, which was uh, close to 150 years old, that uh, that he brought in from Russia when he immigrated back in the 90s and uh, was, fought, was looking for a home for, it, for this Torah, and upon learning of the opening of our center, decided that this was the place that he was going to dedicate it, and ever since uh, has been very involved together with his dear wife, Maya, uh, bringing their friends and family and other people and really making sure that the shul is growing. Uh, Pavel and Ala Kapelnikov are our young leadership awardees, as you mentioned, and they have been involved uh, as a young family. Their children are here in Hebrew school, putting on mezuzahs, uh, you know, attending Shabbos services and dinners, and really getting involved and encouraging and being a uh, an inspiration, I would say, for other young families 
that uh, it's not just about um, work, it's not just about our careers, but we really need to uh, nurture our souls and get more involved and most importantly try and secure a future for our children as far as Yiddishkeit is concerned. Uh, Paul Blacker joined us for the very first service uh, when we started the shul. It was Rosh Hashanah back in 2004 and uh, never left. Baruch Hashem. He's, uh, he's been coming uh, week after week, has been very, very involved, and uh, actually an American-born, uh, has roots uh, from Newark, uh, lived there for, uh, for many years uh, before uh, the Times and then moved out, huh. and uh, his uh, involvement with Center for Jewish Life, you can say, was a, um, a coincidence, but we know nothing is coincidental, <laughs> everything is Pashgacha Pratis. And uh, this was uh, a chance to uh, to re uh, to reignite the Yiddish spark. And uh, lastly, Bella Krafchik has uh, been very involved uh, as well from the inception. Uh, Bella and our families go back many, many, many years. Uh, and uh, upon moving here and her living here in this area, connected is involved. She comes on a, week, a weekly basis. We have a Torah and Kabbalah class. Uh, for Shabbos and other other special events. Well, there you go. The Center for Jewish Life has a distinguished list of honorees. The celebration is going to take place in Marlboro, New Jersey, their 10th anniversary testimonial dinner, again Sunday, February the 9th, that night in Marlboro. Uh, it will uh, feature, in addition to the honorees, keynote speaker, Ambassador Ido Aharoni, Consul General of Israel in New York. Everybody is invited to come pay tribute to the honorees, but even even more importantly, the honorees would say, to celebrate the Center for Jewish Life and its 10th anniversary. Rabbi Yossi Kanelsky, how do people get information about the event? The best number to call is the office, and that is 732-316-7600. Uh, we are uh, making reservations now and preparing for this special event. We are also going to be uh, printing a very special uh, testimonial journal in which people can place uh, greetings and ads in uh, in support of the center and uh, our past accomplishments. And most importantly, as we celebrate a decade, we are definitely set- setting ourselves goals for 10 years plus ahead. Oh, I And we bless you that it should go very well, and you should continue to grow. One more time with the phone number, please. 732-316-7600. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, and Mazal Tov on 10 years. Thank you, thank you. I just want to uh, mention, if you recall last year when we spoke, we were speaking about opening up the uh, the camp, and Baruch Hashem, we had our inaugural summer, the Marlboro Jewish Day Camp. We are getting ready for Bezrat Hashem and a great uh, summer ahead. And just recently, a few weeks ago, we started one more program so that our very young children, our tiny tots, have a Mommy and Me program called Confident Kitties where we have three different uh, programs on a weekly basis. So now younger families, younger children, and their parents can come and engage and, and begin this uh, quest to uh, to connecting ourselves to our heritage. Phenomenal. Keep the good news coming. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Thank you very much and all the best. Thank Thursday morning broadcast. It's JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M., that's uh, Avram or Avram Fried off the Keep Climbing CD with Eng Hello Kenu. 
J.M. in the A.M. on a Thursday morning. It's cold out there. Bundle up, everybody, please. Uh, coming up, uh, Charlie Harari, Book of Life on our stream, six minutes from now, jmtheam.org. Make sure to be tuned in. Miriam Wallach with uh, the uh, That's Life program. Uh, Ari Kornblit, Dr. Ari Kornblit on handwriting analysis in that hour between 10 and 11. And um, Jeremy Joseph, director of Camp Morasha, about their big concert coming up during that hour as well. 11 until 1. Uh, 11 until 1. I'll be doing the live lunch. I'm not sure if our if our team of Aaron Schechter and Dr. Rudolph are joining us. i got to find out. Uh, for technology today. We will find out about that. Uh, Mark Zomik has a very interesting Jewish music stunt show. A lot of music that you are not familiar with, I would bet. Well, maybe some people in the audience are familiar with it. Um, but he's coming up 1 o'clock with the stunt show. Our throwback Thursday is going to be uh, from Blue Fringe's live performance in our studio 11 years ago. <laughs> wow. Uh, actually, ten, yeah, more like 10 years ago. It was December of 2003. So that's coming up. And um, uh, Homeward Bound, a great, uh, uh, this week's edition of Homeward Bound, Yigal Siegel with Nefesh Benefesh, really a good one. Tune into that at 4.30 today. And to tune into all of our great programming. A lot of great stuff on our stream all day long at jmandtheam.org. Wrapping things up with Yaakov Shweki.
שצריך להתגבר מאוד בכל כוחות להיות אך צומח טובי, אך צומח טובי שצריך להתגבר מאוד בכל כוחות להיות אך צומח טובי, אך צומח טובי J.M. in the A.M. Yaakov Shweki wrapping things up in the Kolot CD. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmam.org. Just looking to see who composed that song. That was uh, Udi Damari who composed that song. Interesting. Ach Sameach here at JM in the AM. Um, coming up next, Charlie Harari with the Book of Life, and that's Life with Miriam L. Wallach. She's got some great guests today. Pay careful attention to our stream all day long, to our social media sites, Jewish Radio World with Nachum Siegel, and on Twitter at Nachum Siegel Net. We put on uh, Facebook yesterday the big question, what Schlockrock should do during the uh, kosher halftime show. We'd love your answers. So toss us some suggestions uh, via Facebook. And to get into that conversation as we get closer and closer to that amazing performance. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.